Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I've titled this message, The Narrow Gate, and I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 7. So why don't you turn with me or look at one of the three massive electronic Bibles that we now own, which is really cool. It says this, verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult is is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Who's speaking in this passage? Do we know? What color is it in your Bible? Red. Jesus. And this passage really ties into John 10, which is another well-known passage, and I'll read from verse 7, and it says, So he explained it to them. Who is this speaking? Do we know? Oh, man, two out of two. Come on, you can be a bit more confident. Oh, who was that? Legend. Come on. Jesus, he says this. So explain to them, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures good pastures. I'm going to talk about those two scriptures tonight, put them together, and hopefully we're all going to grow in God. Yesterday at team conference, like Dan was saying, we had such a fun time, but we had one thing planned that, that didn't actually happen, and I felt like a failure because I let our board, one of our board members, Greg Anderson, down. We had someone, this, this awesome moment in the service planned where someone was going to come and they were going to come in and pray over our church and it was going to be this awesome moment and there was this pastor that we were going to get in and um, I got a call in one of the sessions and I looked at it and it was this pastor's wife. I'm like, oh, I better answer this call. So I ran out of the meeting, I answered the call and she's like, Caleb, I'm so sorry, but he's a bit sick. He just won't be able to make it. I'm like, that's all good. Just tell him to get well, all the rest of it. I come back into the service And then I was up or something and something happened and I forgot to tell anyone else that I just got this phone call. So Greg Anderson drives to Southport from Gilston, which is like a little drive. (laughs) He's there, he's calling this person. Where are you? I'm down the front of your building. Are you here? Are you still coming? Where are you? And then like Kim goes, so I'm sitting down like after this, the dad moved on. I'm sitting down eating lunch and Kim goes, oh, what time's that pastor get in here? I'm like, oh no. No. <laughs> so I call Greg. I'm like, Greg, I'm sorry. Like, he didn't even get to say hello or anything. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm just coming back now, Slats. It's all good. And I'm like, I am so sorry. So when he come back, I made sure I had lunch for him saved. And I tried to make it back up to him and suck up a little bit. But, but then the problem remained that we had no one for this moment to pray. So I went to Pastor Ian like I do when we have a problem. And I said, Pastor Ian, this has happened. This has happened. What do we do? And full knowing, my plan was to get Pastor Ian to do it all the time. <laughs> but I think this is the first time she's ever actually called me on it. <laughs> and her and Stevie were there having a chat, and I interrupted him, like, Pastor Ian, this has happened, this has happened. And she's like, I'm like, Pastor Ian, what could we do? <laughs> And then she goes, Stevie, he does this to me all the time. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, when you ask with a question, you leave just enough time for them to answer and say exactly what you preempted they would say anyway. And then the day is saved and it's all good. And it was their idea and it was fantastic. But this message is a little bit like that. 
This message tonight is a little bit different, and my whole goal of it is to ask a question and then wait and then see what you think and then go from there. I, I don't profess to have all the answers here. This message is challenging me, and I've been sort of contemplating a lot this week. I only wrote it this afternoon, but I've been thinking about these scriptures a lot this week. And my goal today is to present some questions and let you draw closer to God tonight. So are you ready? The narrow gate, question one. Is the gate a one-time event? Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Is the gate a one-time event? Is it a one-time decision? Is it a one-time moment? Is it a prayer on a Sunday? I believe the gate that Jesus talks about is so much more than eternity one day or heaven one day, but I believe that this gate that he's talking about is a daily decision here and now. I don't believe that this narrow gate is merely off there in the distance that if I'm a good boy now, then I'll get rewarded later. I think it's a daily decision that we take here and now. What do you think? It includes heaven one day. But, but rather, it draws us bigger than that into being life changers today, into being world changers today. My faith is just like that. I don't want a someday religion, do you? No, I need a now religion. I am way too messed up, way too messed up here and now to think that God is just off there somewhere and one day I will interact with him. One day I'll be able to access his presence. One day I'll be able to rely on him. No, I need him now. What about you? I wholeheartedly believe that my relationship with God is imperative to my life now, today. I want to enter through this narrow gate now. The analogy of Jesus being the gate and he is the shepherd and he's calling us through today. Do you believe that? Is the narrow gate narrow-mindedness? Well, sometimes it has been portrayed that way. So it's kind of true, but it's not what God intended it to be. Where it was a narrow experience, and sometimes in my Christian walk, I've been a little bit like this, where I've experienced God in one way, or I've seen a breakthrough in one way, so then I think that's all that God does. And then I start to define God like, if God's moving, then he must be doing this. If God's in the room, then this has to happen. Then they have to do the drum cut because every time the drum cut happens, God moves. Or, or maybe it was a moment when I felt that fell down on the altar and I thought that if God moves like that, then I have to fall down on the altar to experience God. Can you understand what I mean? Sometimes when we go through a gate and we have this revelation of who God is, sometimes our subconscious is to box him in again and become narrow minded. Dan touched on this this morning in his communion message, and I wholeheartedly agree with what he was saying. Guys, God is moving. He's active and he's alive. We don't celebrate communion because we have a dead God, but we celebrate communion because we have an alive God. I want to be a part of what he's doing now. Do you? We're not sitting around waiting for God to move. And when Pastor Anne saw those words awake, I don't think she thought that, oh, maybe God's going to wake up. Maybe God's going to finally awake and God's going to start doing something. No, 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 it's us that we're going to awake, that we're going to wake up and start to see and be a part of what he's doing now. So what is God doing? And whatever that is, that's what I want to do and that's where I want to be. If this gate is so narrow, does our current thinking fit? Do our current actions fit? 
Sometimes I feel like I, I need to leave my selfishness behind so that I can enter through this narrow gate that Jesus is calling me. Sometimes my pride has no place. Sometimes the ladder climbing way of the world, it just doesn't fit anymore and it doesn't feel right anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? Our greed, our anger, all these things, they don't fit where Jesus is calling us through this narrow gate and is calling us through it today. Our thought life is huge. Do you agree? Maybe this is what Proverbs 23, 7 talks about. It says, so a man thinketh, so is he. We are what we think. That's pretty crazy. My old way of thinking doesn't seem to fit anymore. Which leads me to this thing. If this is such a narrow gate, can we block it? And have I blocked it? Have you ever been on the M1 and the traffic stands still both ways? And it comes down to, a, you know, then you start to get to a crawl and you're like, oh, you know, yes, I'm going 10 kilometers now. This is awesome. And you get excited and, you know. And then you finally get to the accident and you realize that it was ne- wasn't even on your side. Like that, there are four lanes on traffic on your side. Not, not one thing was stopping them from moving, but it was actually on the other side of the M1. And everyone on your side had just stopped to have a look and just to see what was going on and just to suss it all out. Have you experienced that? I've experienced that many times. <laughs> what if we block the gate? What if we block sometimes people accessing God in His presence because we're there sussing everyone out and what they're doing and who's in and who's out and what's going on over there and what's going on over here rather than going through the gate ourselves. Maybe we're just so busy sitting on the fence that we're blocking the gate. Christianity is so much better experienced than explained. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service. If you're here tonight and maybe you haven't experienced God like I'm talking about, Hang on, because at the end of the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity. But we block the gate sometimes with our judgments. There's been seasons where I've looked back and I've been way more concerned with who's in, what that person's doing, what's going on over there, than experiencing the other side of the gate, which is the pasture that God wants to lead us into. In this pasture, I believe that there's provision, that there's everything that we need is through this gate. Do you believe that? We sit there sometimes and we block the gate by going, I wouldn't let that person in. Seriously. Man, I don't even know if I'd let myself in sometimes. All week I've been wrestling with this in and out bit. At the end of John chapter 10, verse 9, it says this. I'll read it again for you. I'll read the New King James this time. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. (laughs) In and out and find pasture. I thought the goal was to go in and stay in. I thought the goal was to go through this gate, through this door and stay in. And and I've been, this this has just been like plaguing my mind. It's been, God, what are you trying to say? And I've been reading all these stuff about and I've been researching it and And I think we need to go back to this sheep analogy to try and work out what God's talking about here, what Jesus is talking about here when he says, and they can go in and out and find pasture. You see, the shepherd analogy is there's a block, a paddock, if you will, fenced off, safe place for the sheep to be with one gate. What's the gate? Oh man, it's the third question. It's the same answer. Come on, you ought to get better. It's the third time asking you a question. It's the same answer. And the gate is? Jesus is the gate and there's a paddock with all fences and there's one way in and one way out. 
It's Jesus. He says that the, the sheep hear his voice in, in a bit further down in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So they go in and out and find pasture. They hear his voice and they know him and follow him. It's a pasture or a paddock with all that the sheep need for the season. The shepherd knows what the sheep needs and he leads them in through this narrow gate, through this way, into all that they need. In Psalm 23, 1 and 2, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So what if? What if this? (laughs) What if there's things that God's leading us into? What if he's called us into these things? And, and what if they're seasons and what if they're for a moment? And what if we're stuck in an old pasture and we've eaten all the grass, we've drunk all the dams dry and we're stuck in there and Jesus is saying, hey, again, hey, come, come through the gate. I am the gate. I am the way. Those who come through me will find fresh pastures. They come in and out and find what they need. I'll tell you what happens we can shim it all and we get stuck and that's when we turn into these rubberneckers like on the M1. It's this, when we've depleted all the resources that God had for us in that season, in that moment, maybe it was the revelation of who He is. We, we put our hand up and we prayed a prayer and we said, yeah, I'm in, I'm through the narrow gate, I'm in. Heaven one day, baby, this is awesome. Until it's not. Until in that season, that framework, that paddock was awesome. We grew in God. We we got filled up with His water. There was all that we need. His Holy Spirit was there. It was everything. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Because you and the person beside you ate all the grass in that paddock. Then what? Are we okay with that old revelation, with that old dryness? This is where we become dry in our Christian walk. Because we don't move to the next season, to the next paddock, to the next level, to the next phase of what God wants to take us into. Maybe awakening isn't just a waking up, but maybe it's actually saying, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, again. I'm going to say yes to move, to get out of familiar, to leave the place that I've been and to move into all that you have for me. What if we have to come in and go out? You see, the problem is that when we become in these paddocks too long, we trade our relationship for religion. I do this more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> I press into God. I press into Jesus. It's like we feel so close and then two weeks later, I'm back just doing religious things and I'm going, wait a minute, God, why aren't I feeling your presence like I was? God, what's going on here? Why do I feel distant? Because I've traded the relationship for religion. It happens to us Oh, what if when we feel dry and distant and wanting to move, wanting more from God or a move of God, we want an awakening because we didn't get out of the paddocks that we were stuck in? Tonight, I'm here to tell you this. What if there's a fresh pasture? (laughs) What if there's a fresh paddock? What if we believe Psalm 23 when he said, hey, I will lead you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Another translation says, I have all that I need. He leads me beside still waters into green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I believe that there's more. 
what you were amazed at when you got saved? It doesn't have the same amazement anymore, does it? Does it? That wowness of God the first time you experienced Him. It doesn't feel like wow as much anymore, does it? We overuse the word wow in our household way too much. <laughs> I started this thing with Jethro and he just parrots it all the time. I go, wow. Jethro's telling me something. I go, wow. And he's like, say it backwards, Dad. I'm like, wow. It's like sad upside down. Mom, you know, like, it's American spelling of mom. So we use an American accent. We try to, which is terrible. But those things that we said, wow, when we first experienced God, they're not wow anymore, are they? To be honest, they're a little bit like, oh, mom. It's just familiar. It's just what we know. It's just always there. It's just kind of hanging around. But I believe that there's more. Would we say yes again? And would we go on this journey to where God and Jesus is calling us? The amount of times that I've heard the Holy Spirit prompting me and I haven't done it is embarrassing. What about you? There's been moments where I've done it and it's been like, this is awesome. God, you're so good. Thank you for calling me. There's been moments where I've stepped down and the Holy Spirit's been prompting me in something and nothing's happened. And I've gone, okay, that's interesting. I'll mark that one down to learning. I don't know what I'm learning, but I'll try and learn something. And there's been moments where Holy Spirit's prompted me to talk to that person or to do this or to give to that, and I haven't, and I want to get better at that. Do you? We've got to get back our wow of God. And the way that we do that is we go towards His voice again. We don't be content and we're not happy with where we've been, but we look for where He is and what He's doing now. This is why I believe that the narrow gate is a way of life and not a destination. I don't think it's a one-time gate. I think it's a multiple times, almost daily gate to say, hey God, what are you doing? Hey God, where are you in this season? God, I don't feel you anymore. The grass is gone. The land looks barren. My situation looks dire. Holy Spirit, where are you in this? And that's when we hear his still, small voice. And he says, hey, Caleb, come. Come, I'll lead you. I'll show you. When we seek his presence, he leads us. I 100% believe that. This is a season of life. So my question for you today is, what is Holy Spirit calling you out of? What's he calling you out of? Please don't all go and leave highway. That's not what I mean. No, no, what's he calling you out of? Maybe it's that old way of thinking. Maybe it's those destructive patterns and it's like in your own strength, there's no way that you can stop them. Hey, you don't need to do it in your own strength anymore because I believe what he says. I believe that he says, I am your shepherd. You shall not want you have all that you need. What's he calling you out of? And the next question, of course, is what is he calling you into? I believe <laughs> scripture. I believe that Proverbs, when he says that I'll be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, I believe that he doesn't call us out of things and leaves us hanging, but he calls us into things. I want to be a part of what God is doing now. Do you? You thought this was it? I'm here to tell you it's not. You thought this was it? This isn't it. We haven't experienced, we've seen but a glimpse. A blurry image. A vague picture 
a little tiny piece of who God is and what He is and what He's doing today. Man, I can't wait to see more of Him. But do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a decision to position my life that when He's moving, I'm going to see it. That when He's moving, I'm going to be a part of it. That when He's in, when He's calling me, I'm going to go through that gate. I'm going to say no to myself at times. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get through that gate so that I can be with Him and through Him today and now. You thought this was it? Verse 9 of John 10, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. We need to go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, it goes to this. Are you ready? A very well-known scripture. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. That I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Maybe if your life doesn't feel abundant right now, if you don't feel like God's there right now, can I encourage you? Leave your pasture. Find a new one. Say yes to his leading. Say yes to his calling again. How do you do that? I'll tell you one way you can do it. One way you can do it is you can do that 21-day challenge Dan was talking about it. The second way that you can do it is you could say yes to God right now. In the service, you could say, yeah, Caleb, I need to respond to God. I need to respond to his love for the first time. Maybe for the 20th time, I need to respond to his love again. I need to get rid of my old thinking. The third thing that you can do is when you go home tonight, <laughs> if you're like me, I like to write things down because sometimes when I write things down or if I read things, sometimes I have to read it aloud because then I hear myself saying it or I write it and I can read it after I've written it down and it helps me think sometimes but maybe you need to go home tonight and you need to go hey God what in my life are you calling me out of God what are you calling me into God why do these areas feel dry and God if this feels dry what's the better pasture that you have for me what's the mirage over there that I can see that I hear people talking about on a Sunday and is that a reality or is it just like an oasis is it there, God? So here's what we're going to do. What do you think? Are you going to say yes to God again? Are you happy with what you've got? Are you happy with what you've experienced? Are we blocking the gate? Or are we going through? And are we leading others into all that God has for them and for us? Let me pray. God, I just pray over your church tonight. God, I just pray over every person in this place. God, I thank you, Lord, that you see all, but also, God, that you know all. And God, over every heart right now, over every mind and over every soul, God, I just pray, Lord, that your presence would be so evident in this place right now. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what you're doing, eyes to see what you're doing in this world, in this moment. And God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be a people, Lord, that wouldn't sit off and talk about it, that wouldn't sit back and dream about it. But God, I just thank you, Lord, that we are a generation, God, that are going to be able to experience it. God, that we're a generation that are going to be able to walk in it, God. God, I just pray, Lord, that the best days of your Holy Spirit are not in the past. God, that the outpouring that we saw when I was a kid, God, that it's not the peak and the pinnacle of who you are and what you're doing. But God, I just pray, Lord, for a fresh wave of us awakening tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see who you are and what you're doing in this season. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would 
allow us, Lord, that you would call us through this gate afresh, I pray in Jesus' name. Hey, also, if you're here tonight and maybe you've never said yes to God before, maybe you're here and you feel distant to Him, and as I've been trying to articulate a little bit of who He is, a glimpse of who He is tonight, maybe you just want to know more. If that's you, I would love to have a conversation with you and the team after the service. If you're here, just give me a wave just so I know who you are. This is not a, someone's not going to sneakily high five you while you have your eyes closed. They're literally just going to identify you so we can talk to you after the service. Are you here tonight? You're saying, yeah, Caleb, I just want a freshness of who God is. Caleb, I want to start a relationship with you tonight. Who is that? Are you here? Fantastic. Why don't you come, Dan? Thank you, guys.